Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of ESG Climate and Money Show. And now we are into our second episode. And uh, we are going to continue our discussion where we left last time. And this was more about greenwashing and state of ESG and Tariq Fancy uh, and many other things related to ESG. And uh, this stuff is getting interesting and interesting every day. Greenwashing is really becoming the main thing uh, in the ESG sector. Overall, in the world of sustainable finance, I think the greenwashing factor is so big. And as we are recording this on the Halloween, I think that we should be also having some ghosts related to the greenwashing and the kids should be actually scared of that ghost more because this is related to their future. Um, so, Stephen, what, what have we got? Man, uh, let's uh, start this episode. Go ahead. Well, Sonny, it's good to see you again. It's good to be back. I appreciate the, uh, the banter that, uh, that we're creating, the dialogue that we're creating uh, about these important themes. And I mean, greenwashing is currently a feature and not a bug of sustainability and sustainable finance. And when I took, I took a, a certificate course at, at the Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership, and this was a constant refrain within the curriculum and among the, the chat boards among the students was not just uh, greenwashing, but more a desire, uh, almost a demand for greater regulation to kind of get a handle on this. But it still, it endures. I mean, uh, some of the articles that, that you and I read and, and prepped for this conversation show just how severe of an issue it is. And so the, the, the report or the, the peer-reviewed article as it relates to claims of uh, sustainability and the oil, the, you know, big oil shows that it's just that, it's marketing. Um, the plastics industry, 95% of, of discarded plastics in the United States did not find its way to recycling. Uh, how labor fits in, right? The sort of greenwashing labor or what might be called pinkwashing as it relates yeah, to gender I, 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 initiatives. I wanted to ask you about the pinkwashing more because I think we can more like dig into it uh, today also. What is this pinkwashing? Because yeah. I think you wrote an article on this um, and you mentioned that. And yeah, so, so these are systemic issues, right? That mm -hmm. everyone, I think, agrees that it is a problem, and the risk that we that we run, and this was explored in that uh, that article I sent at the mm -hmm. last minute. Uh, we'll get the title and post the link for everyone. Where the term sustainability is used by everyone, and since it's used by everyone, it has no meaning, right? It yeah, means it everything. Has, uh, it has lost its its meaning, more or less. Actually, mm -hmm. it's a yeah, the 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 mostly what I see people use like word sustainability in in a sentence like three times mm -hmm. like everybody is just doing it it has and the i mean at least you have credentials and uh, humbly speaking i do also have some credentials and we, we are so afraid of using this word sometime because we we understand what does it mean and it's a commitment and it is something like not just a marketing slogan but unfortunately you have seen that how things are 
uh, especially the people working in the it's not particularly i should criticize communications or marketing people but i would say like the people who are very good at communicating and marketing they are really also good at greenwashing at the same time uh, you can say it very unfortunate they probably can do better but unfortunately they use their very good communication skills and marketing skills in uh, peddling this uh, you know, greater uh, greenwashing but coming back on that your this pink washing thing tell me what is this pink washing and uh, why should we care about that and where have you noticed because uh, i i see you put some examples can you walk uh, the audience through that sure so pink washing has to do with either uh initiatives for gender equity or uh support for say the lgbtq plus communities uh, or communities so you know gays lesbians trans and whatever, uh, without actually following through. And so I'll just give you a very basic example from the United States. For every dollar that a male worker makes, a female of equal credentials makes about 83 cents. Hmm. Right? So you can, you can say that you're about empowering women, people of color, but the data still shows that there's a lag between what uh, what firms are saying, and then what they're doing in practice. Uh, one of the examples that I used in that article uh, that I co-wrote with my friend uh, Jane Duchere was a, uh, a startup in in uh, in London, and it too had you know uh, pay inequality based upon gender, and so it's a it's a systemic issue uh, that needs to be addressed. And this was one of the first pieces of legislation actually back in the day that President Obama signed into law that it was called the Lilly Ledbetter Act that was designed to fight this very sort of pay inequality. So that's just a very basic example. And so it becomes this sort of commitment to empowering women, empowering young girls, uh, support for um, the LGBTQ plus communities, right? Again, becomes a form of marketing almost virtue signaling without necessarily the policies and the practices that match what they're attempting to, to sell to the public at large. Yeah. And this is not just a problem in US, for example. Uh, you, 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 you probably see in the media a lot, like the, when it comes to gender equality, uh, Scandinavia is really like standing tall in this. But in the, if you see the reality, and ask me the person who's living in Norway. And, and I can tell you that we do have the problem with this pay gap also in Norway. And it is such a big problem. Um, and I think it is, uh, as you said, virtue signaling is one of the main problem. It, it, it happens in many different levels. I mean, even at the government level, People try to promote themselves. The governments try to promote themselves that we work for the women and we work for the minorities. We work for the different uh, diversities. It's very similar, like diversity washing, you know? Mm -hmm. So so like the same way you, you came up with this pink washing, uh, it is uh, quite a genuine problem. And and unfortunately, we don't see these, these people really uh, getting the same benefits as the uh, straight male 
and you're lucky if you're white also so so oh, 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 there are two sides to the story of course now when we 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 we, we, we you, you see the the internet is full of this divides and the real problem is we keep ignoring that problem we never solve it then we start to saying it okay this is a leftist problem okay this is like woke there is a very common word <laughs> yeah it's a pejorative yeah right? and, and, it's used and, as an and, insult yeah and you can like you can just kind of get away with everything you can just like uh, wash off everything you just say it, this is woke and nobody not everybody know what we what that actually means but if you see on uh, the internet the people i mean how many people follow the podcast and read the articles or, or, or from the people coming from background like us or even the the gurus in the esg or sustainable finance i mean they're all really nice people uh, and people following them on uh, the professional medias like linkedin for example but if you really ask a person a regular person in the street what he is listening to uh, that is people like joe rogan uh, and <laughs> other <laughs> podcasters right and those people don't believe on this esg they openly call this thing this is a leftist thing even a very uh, for for example many people the counter argument is that um uh, okay the more technical people who are backing them they have a counter argument and that is that when after the financial uh, crisis in 2008 and later the financial uh, the finance industry started to lose its integrity and then they needed something like esg and then they came up with that and then they said like okay now we can charge more fees we can sell uh, market these uh, funds and we can we can say these are sustainable funds and we can charge our clients more fees so this is how uh, what they think right so there is something like that uh, like the economic benefit attached to that but uh, and unfortunately if you see the behavior of uh, today's esg industry that fits into that frame give them more points and this is the reason this uh, green washing or lack of seriousness and just short termism is actually making this whole movement um, almost like a woke <laughs> what do you think um, steven uh, is it really woke uh no I, obviously i don't i do think that like we mentioned last time especially as it relates to climate change and the environment like this is a serious risk issue that has to be addressed by stewards of other people's capital right asset managers and asset owners need to view this uh, the question there's a couple of questions that are connected to ESG ESG's new right it, the the term was coined in 2005 so it's less than 20 years old uh, i would argue to you that we are in a pitched battle over to what actually ESG means. ESG is not the same thing as sustainability, right? You can think of sustainability as gestalt <laughs> and and uh ESG is a piece inside sustainability, right? So it's a it's a an infant idea that is evolving and since it is evolving 
what it actually means, how it's defined, hangs in the balance. And it will require not only uh, people of goodwill who've been in this space for two decades or more, uh, as well as regulators to come in and actually put the foot down and define what these uh, parameters mean. Uh, we're beginning to see that with the European Union. We'll see that later this year uh, with uh, Administrator Gary Gensler when the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States, issue their new disclosure requirements as it relates to climate change. And that will begin to actually add tissue to the skeleton that, uh, that is ESG. But until that happens, right, the, the, the criticisms that were in today's uh, The Times written by Dominic O'Connor are, are well-placed, right? That in many ways, this is a free-for-all. Um, this is where capital is diverting. I mean, he highlighted that the growth in uh, sustainable funds in, in British markets was significantly greater than, if you will, vanilla funds. And, but it's with, it's, it's these challenges that are the issue. And so without a clear cut definition of what these sorts of things mean, be it sustainability, be it ESG. And to be frank, Sonny, it reminds me of similar debates we had about globalization a decade ago. Globalization was a term that was used by everyone. So it meant everything and nothing at the same time. And so in many ways, like for academics, such as myself, sustainability has very precise uh, uh, understandings. It comes from, you know, six basic uh, intellectual trees. It's applied differently depending on the, the discipline that you're in. And it is subject to constant debate and further refinement. And we do see uh, an example of that in the broader uh, financial sector, but it, it also has that wrinkle that there's a lot of money at stake, right? Yeah, uh, and 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 then there is another thing. I really like uh, the the way you actually opened up this uh, discussion a little bit more. And and if you have noticed, at least what I have noticed, for example, uh, you mentioned your uh, also your these studies you had in Cambridge related to this, right? So yeah, um, it's it's the same way when I had like this thing sustainable business strategy at Harvard. And then the, 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 the message kind of the, I got uh, behind it, it was like this, that governments don't need to uh, come up with the regulations to fix the finance. Uh, basically, uh, they are already good people out there who can take the initiative, who can try to do the good things, and they are doing it. So it's it's basically maybe there are like different schools of thoughts at the same time, and even in this uh, this CFA investment ESG investment uh, certification I had, and I also studied later climate investing and from the same institute. So these people are actually saying uh, to the outside world that we have it covered uh, when it comes to uh, kind of controlling our behavior we have the ethics we have the all sort of codes we are working on the regulations like the regulatory frameworks by ourselves uh, which are run by the industry bodies or the associations we are trying all sort of different things 
And we have a lot of people working in this ecosystem to make these uh, uh, regulations. Uh, and we are cooperating already with these financial arms of the government bodies. Uh, so they, they really come up with this argument at the same time. But uh, I think the more, uh, for example, people are worried about in this, uh, also there's something called, similar thing called knee-jerk reaction. And that knee-jerk reaction is, I think they are more worried about uh, also in the financial space. That is more like, for example, if suddenly uh, an irrational politician come and he said, I see it, it's not working out. Uh, then he want to change everything overnight. He want to kind of uh, fix everything overnight and he don't care what values are at stake. Uh, there could be many, many stranded assets just because of one single uh, new law. So these type of problems are real problems. And I think there is, um, there, that, and unfortunately, I don't see much of the bridge in this whole thing. Like there are too much divide in different school of thoughts. Like people really want to have uh, it settled through the regulations. But at the same time, you have this opposition to those regulations, uh, which the industry or the overall, the financial uh, ecosystem, they don't look at it at, as something very positive. Um, and I think this is, a, this is yeah, it, it's much to do with the tribalism, the human capacity, and you have being a historian who understand these tendency, tendencies better, that we humans have this uh, tribal mindset and we think that uh, you don't come into our territory and tell us what we should be doing. Uh, we have uh, everything covered. What do you see in this uh, regard, Stephen? So uh, I see a couple of things. Again, what I got out of that Cambridge class is that you actually have a lot of people in the financial sector who do want regulations. Now, they don't necessarily want overbearing regulations, but they want regulations that allow for transparency, right? And so it kind of reminds me, the current system right now reminds me of, of the idea of the tragedy of the commons, right? And the idea that everyone knows that um, for, the, for the good of the group, we have to do certain behaviors, but no one wants to take that first step, right? And so uh, that needs an external push. Now, it is, as you point out, it is fair to say that you have these voluntary associations that either come out of industry itself or it comes out of supranational bodies like uh, the United Nations. So in, in particular, the UN Principles for Responsible Investing. But these are voluntary organizations. So what's the, what's the, the penalty for joining one of these organizations, not abiding by, right? Well, you get suspended or dismissed and you just kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. Yeah. And, and nothing happens. Uh, and nothing happens. Perfect. Um, like PRI, uh, for example, uh, I think there this membership skyrocketed since they get into this uh, sustainability type of endorsement thing. Like we follow this. 
and then they have to uh, make special uh, threshold to stop these comp uh, these organizations of, uh, like uh, using using this for yeah. for greenwashing sake. Yeah. I mean, today you put like uh, you could be doing all the perfect greenwashing, and then you first of all you need a very nice, beautiful uh, sustainability report with a lot of promises <laughs> and no <laughs> no track record, <laughs> and then all you need is many beautiful logos of some big organizations like uh, PR, uh, this um, principle of responsible investment, um, other uh, other bodies as well. Yes, global. Uh, I, I don't want to say compact this uh, this uh, UN UN global compact. Yeah, yeah, that is more to do with the human rights and things like that. But I mean, you can come up with many these uh, uh, certifications or at least this uh, kind of endorsements, and then people can just trust you and and nothing really change uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, th this is the state of the institutional investors we're talking about, but. But think about this, uh, uh, I think this year there was a report and in that it turns out to be 90% of the companies uh, didn't really uh, fulfill their uh, climate commitments for, for that uh, year. And the, these are the companies which are among tw top 25 uh, companies. So this is really the situation and I think uh, things are really getting worse and worse and that's why we are talking about it i mean we we could have been very afraid talking about it and thinking like what people will think about it like if we are mentioning this maybe these companies will get offended or things like that but it seems like they don't get offended or they don't really care they just don't care so that is at least the the feeling we get what would you like to add in this so I, I'm torn because I do think uh, I do think companies, if you take it as a whole, maybe not necessarily with each director at the top, but I do think the that the rank and file in any big firm does care, right, and um, is willing to to participate in you know, lessening the footprint of their individual workflows, as well as helping the company succeed. And I say that because my, uh, my mother and my, my stepfather worked in big oil for my mom for 25 years and my stepfather for like more than 40. And they are not interested in the degradation of, you know, Pachamama, Mother Earth. Uh, they understand that climate change is real and they would like to be part of the solution uh, now, right? So in as much as it is having, it's about having hard conversations. I mean, just like, just like you said, Sonny, right? But the important thing is to have the conversation and hit it from multiple fronts. Like what UNPRI does is very important. Like I'm, not, I'm actually celebrating what they do in no way am I trying to minimize what they do. What they do is very important. All these voluntary organizations, because it's all coming from the same things that we need to make what we do more sustainable. We have to live within planetary boundaries. Um, and so it's kind of like this amorphous blob that we are trying to give shape to. Now, if I sound a bit romantic, Sonny, fair enough, right? But 
But to your point earlier, it's important to have these conversations to identify the problems and meet the individuals or connect with the individuals who are decision makers to help drive change. Uh, I, 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 I don't mind you being so romantic uh, for these <laughs> ideas. It's, it's no problem. But I like your this uh, oil thing. And uh, if, if the oil is a necessary evil we need, uh, turns out to be it is vital especially these days in Europe, we have the war going on. And uh, I, I mean, it's very relevant. And in Norway, for, for example, we are literally living on this oil money, uh, which many young people are against now. But at the same time, this is the money which is also bringing the prosperity and all that. So, uh, but, but now we are moving to the last part of our conversations today. And we each have two minutes and we say, what are the three things we get from today's discussion? Well, for me, obviously, the first one is greenwashing is, is a significant challenge that requires uh, addressing from all sectors of so civil society, industry leaders, government, right? It, is, it has to be all of the above. That's one. Two, I do think that there, the goodwill is there. Uh, it will require a push because I'm unsure the courage is there to act first in meaningful ways, right? Beyond the, you know, the, the pretty sustainability brochure. And the third one is, is that all these wonderful voluntary initiatives have to be matched by uh, regulatory, smart regulatory architecture. Those would be my three takeaways. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you are way more positive. Uh, <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for me, the three things are, um, I would say like this, uh, given the status and problems we, we have seen and nothing is really happening. And I start to agree on this part about regulations. I wasn't really agreeing on this thing. I mean, this was a thought process. I was thinking like these are really the politicians, maybe sometimes they just want to um, kind of do this thing for uh, uh, for getting more votes and things like that. But I think they, they do have a point. Now, even if you see the that, that's number one, the politicians might be right uh, kind of in there, what they are saying. And number two is that I have been hating Greenpeace, for example. Uh, many of these uh, organizations, which I previously thought they are like woke, or they just do it for some uh, non... The, the, I mean, they are mostly the non-profit organizations and they're doing it for the donors and there is some economic incentive is that. But now, give, see when I see what is really happening, I feel like they also do have a fair point. And uh, number third is, uh, I think, uh, this wishy-washy behavior, uh, which we have been watching, and now we have documented everything that people have been just promising and not really doing stuff. I think this should give us the reason to believe that the way things were, uh, would not be uh, kind of giving us any benefit in the future. And there needs to be more drastic, more hard 
almost like Greta Thunberg, but not exactly like her, the way maybe she could be too harsh sometimes. So we, uh, give, given that, I think we, we, we have to uh, think in these, uh, uh, these lines. And these are like my three points. And I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to say that I am not an activist or anything, but I also feel that the activism is also important at the same time. Totally agree. We're concerned citizens, but we can appreciate smart activism. Absolutely.